0: listen the catholic church i'll say one thing for them they're not afraid to be a little bit uh hypocritical this is true (laughs) they don't run away from hypocritical they say you know what we're comfortable in this so i guess (laughs) maybe that's how it works that's how the georgia catholics voted they contain multitudes I'm Ann McNamee-Keels. And I'm Stephanie Shavera, And this is Lapsed, a podcast about growing up Catholic. A reminder that we love to hear from you listeners. So you can find us on social media at Lapsed Podcast, uh, Instagram, Facebook, Lapsed Podcast at gmail.com. And you can always call us at 505-6-LAPS. We haven't had a voicemail in a while, so please. Ooh call and leave one. We might put it on the show. Steph, what are we talking about today? Today we're talking about birth control in the Catholic Church. Oh man, or lack of birth <laughs> control in the Catholic Church. There we go. This is going to be a juicy one. I'm really excited. Before we keep going, I have an anonymous story from a listener that I want to share with you, Steph, and with our with our other listeners. Okay. So this is a listener who... Sends her kids to Catholic school currently.
1: Ooh, I want to know it all. Okay.
0: So they wrote and said, you might enjoy seeing my daughter's saint project. <gasps> saints. Yeah. Yes. Back to saints. Uh, she was assigned St. Agatha, and this is the card she was given at school. So I'll, I'll read you the card in a minute, but I'm going to give you some more commentary. Okay. It was horribly depressing to read. And let's just say explaining to an eight-year-old what, quote, house of prostitution meant was an <gasps> interesting <No>! challenge. <laughs> so here's <laughs> – uh, this is a third grader. They just put it all out there, huh? So here it is. St. Agatha. I didn't know – do you know anything about St. Agatha? I didn't. I like the name. No, I don't. Yeah, Agatha, it is a lovely name. It's one that could come back. I think that yeah. could be one of those old names that come back. It's a very pretty name. All right. So – This is what the the card says. In Italy, people celebrate St. Agatha's Feast with fireworks. Okay, so far so good. Sounds fun for a kid. This is what what children are being taught about St. Agatha. I didn't know that they had fireworks for saints. Yeah, right? Sounds great. Many stories are told of her. According to these, she was born of noble parents. Okay, her reputation Mm. for loveliness and kindness came to the attention of Quentin, governor of Sicily. All right loveliness and kindness because she's a girl and sounds like a fairy tale so far it does kind of sound like a fairy tale that takes a dark turn in the way fairy tales sometimes sometimes <laughs> do uh when agatha rejected his proposal he had her sent to a house of prostitution oh these men in power yeah, i know also we're <laughs> okay. we're showing this to a we're having a third grader do a report on this <laughs> she probably can't watch like
1: most shows on tv after 8 p.m and yet <laughs>
0: Prostitution. Gonna... <laughs> she was preserved from harm. I don't know what that means exactly. Then Quinchin put her into prison for being a Christian. There she underwent extreme tortures. At one point, St. Peter supposedly healed her, but the tortures finally killed her. Whoa. Yeah. Uh, We know for certain that Agatha was a martyr. She probably died during the persecutions under Decius that lasted from 240 to 251. I have questions here, because how was St. Peter involved if this was in the year 240 AD? That makes another St. Peter, because there's probably more than one, maybe? Maybe. Or maybe he came back from... Uh, (laughs) Although Agatha lived in Sicily... Devotion to her was so widespread and so fervent that her name came to be included in the first Eucharistic prayer. I don't know what that means. She has long been honored for her great courage in suffering and for remaining pure for the sake of Christ. Uh, um. <laughs> and then there's like different questions and, and activities that they can do. And some are like, how do you want to be like the saint?" But one says, write a prayer for purity. Ooh. Duh. The listener says, so, you know, she's trying to help her daughter do this project. She says, I looked her up on catholic.org to help, and we read that together, and all we got out of that was an even more horrific description of her torture and also learned the word brothel. Well, at least she's expanding her vocabulary. Wow. We also got a copy of the report her daughter did, and it is lovely, and man, she did a good job of just taking the parts that are a little more palatable, but I have an eight-year-old mm-hmm. at that age it's a new thing i would say for our generation to even explain to kids that age what sex is Mm-hmm.
1: let alone being sold for sex yeah because she wasn't like a willful prostitute like she didn't
0: no it sounds like it's like sex trafficking yeah that's what that is and they're not even saying which that. which is not appropriate to discuss with eight-year-olds no that's... And again, if you're going to say that story, I think you
1: really need to start painting the other guy in the right. Like yeah, he's a sex trafficker. <laughs> like he's not getting the full due
0: there. Right. And there's just the idea of like, oh, she stayed pure. Like somehow equating that with like choosing not to have consensual sex, which is what people are talking about with purity, right? Versus like, yeah, she was raped. I I don't know how you. I don't.
1: Oh, yeah. And then somehow during that they were discovered. Oh, she's Christian, so we got to move her from there to a a prison a prison
0: and then tortured her and how are you going to be like her at first i was horrified i still am that an eight-year-old is given this at school like i was trying to imagine if this had been sent home with my child and my child Mm -hmm. doesn't attend a catholic school but if if he did then i was like i don't know that i was not given things like this when i was eight i mean i probably was i probably just didn't know what it meant and i didn't really ask is what i think
1: i mean this is what i'm always fascinated by especially even like Going to a new church, right? Like, I removed. So who is St. Thomas Aquinas or whatever it is? Or St. Mary Magdalene? You ask these questions. Like, what is the answer? Because almost all of them had some violence involved, if nothing else. A really brutal story.
0: Yeah. So, well, that's still happening. I think I had in my head, too, that, like, maybe that's not happening so much anymore. Like, maybe, you know. You're, you were hopeful. Teachers these days, I would hope, are, are a little more aware of what is appropriate developmentally and are living in this world with us but I guess not and or that teacher just like handed out those things that came in a curriculum without even looking at them
1: well that's what you'd hope at least she could like hand because I'm I'm gonna guess her class isn't that big because Catholic classes usually aren't so she could have like gone through and picked up like the nice (laughs) ones
0: that's true she should have oh well so that's that's happening out in the world that's education for you folks thanks for sharing listener we appreciate Uh it
1: thank you (sighs) wow (laughs) Uh, Anyone else has other Catholic school projects that their kids are doing, please send in because this is fascinating.
0: We'll keep you anonymous, but it is. It's really interesting stuff. Uh, Any Catholicism in the news stuff? I did
1: so much research on our topic that I didn't, and I was a little overwhelmed with election news, frankly.
0: That's been plenty of news for anyone. Yay, Pennsylvania. Oh, yay. I know. I'm very happy for you. I I was thinking of you. I was at a at my book club actually at a friend's house watching the results roll in kind of we were all sort of you know hiding behind our hands peeking at the screen and uh I was happy for you as that was a big sigh of relief but do you have some news for me I've got a couple things, and they're both a little uh, racy, I would say. Ooh! But you know what? That's a pr- we're talking about birth control. It feels like yes, sure. So the first one, <laughs> the first one I thought was an onion headline, and then I found out it was real. I love when that happens. That has been happening so often lately. I feel like that's half my feed. Uh-huh. Uh huh. In general, so the headline was: the Pope urges priests and nuns to delete porn from their phones. What? (laughs) Uh, I think this was part of like a homily or a talk he was giving. And he was talking about kind of the dangers of the internet and smartphones and technology and social media, I guess. And as part of that talk, the article says the Pope has even said priests and nuns give into temptation and watch online pornography.
1: (laughs) I mean, of
0: course they do. Oh, this was, so Francis responding, he was responding to a question at the Vatican, said it is a vice that has so many people, so many lay people, so many lay women, and also priests and nuns, the devil enters from there. Ooh, ooh. The funny thing is, I think, I was looking at a couple different sources, I think he encouraged people to delete those apps, but like, I don't think he understands it's just like... It's on an app. It's... I mean, I'm there. sure there are apps, but there's, like, yes, your browser, well, you know. Yeah, it works. Your window to the world, so to speak. Delete Google Chrome because <laughs> it's coming to get you. Then there was something noted in the article, too, that, like, this was maybe a couple of years ago. The Pope's Instagram account, like, I think the Pope says he just – he doesn't even have a smartphone or anything, but, like, his Instagram account liked a post from, like, a exotic dancer or something, and people were trying mm-hmm. to figure out how it happened, like – yeah, who did that? And it was like a like the Vatican said they were researching it, so it was like I, they added that. So yeah, <gasps> priests and nuns delete porn from your phones.
1: I love that that became a news. Like it was entirely hushed up that that was out there to be reported on. I like that.
0: Yeah, but I totally thought it was. I was like, is this is a fake? No, it's real. He really said this. Okay. Wow. All right, friends. Okay. Great. Uh the other thing <laughs> was a headline that made me roll my eyes really hard. Here's the headline from the Daily Mail. So everything's gonna make you roll your eyes from the Daily Mail. I don't know why the Daily Mail pops up on my feed. I just tried to take care of that recently actually because I was like, why is this (laughs) even happening? But anyway, (laughs) yeah. So the headline was quote, it's a religion, not a costume, end quote. Megan Fox and Machine Gun Kelly face backlash from furious Christians after dressing up as a priest and scantily clad worshipper for Halloween.
1: Oh yeah.
0: I mean, I could send you the image. It's really just because your baby's too young to actually look at things like this and understand. I would not show this to an older child. Uh, Okay. Megan Fox
1: and Machine gun Kelly.
0: Oh, oh. Yeah. So it's pretty racy. I mean, I would say it's sort of like taking Madonna's kind of like a virgin thing to maybe even the next level.
1: This looks like the kind of porn that would be on a priest's phone, maybe. I don't know, but... (laughs) Um, Maybe this is what the Pope is talking about. This is what he saw. Just delete delete the Daily Mail is really what you need to do. I've tried. I mean, honestly, though, I don't know. I feel like all of Halloween is like the sexy version of whatever, whatever. And yes, that is the
0: whole deal. I've seen sexy priests and sexy nuns for a long time. Sexy tree, sexy whatever. Halloween is yeah. like you know Dan Savage, who I haven't listened to in a long time, but he always says that Halloween is straight pride day because all the straight people come out in their <laughs> sexualized costumes. Kinks. Yeah, yeah. So the image has Machine Gun Kelly. I. I'm at the point in my age in life where I barely know who these people are, but uh, particularly Machine Gun Kelly. But uh, Machine Gun Kelly is like dressed like a priest, sort of, and like a cassock type of situation, holding up what looks like communion wine. Actually looks like, you know what, I might have those little um, glasses. Like, I think those are the same ones I have. They're lovely little <laughs> beverage glasses. Yes, they are very nice. Mm-hmm. And then he's like, giving some type of communion wafer thing to megan fox who is in like full bdsm where she's not didn't even do anything catholic like it's not like she went a little bit nun or anything it's just straight up like i think she has even like, like a rosary in her hands or anything nothing just bdsm i think she's wearing a collar and like a dog collar and uh she's kneeling yeah, there's nothing
1: catholic about well maybe some deep
0: catholicness but <laughs> no there's nothing Overtly Catholic about it. There's torture, right? This kind of the chains we just learned that there's torture involved in Catholicism uh-huh. and Saints. Uh anyway. Yeah, it's really racy, but the thing of like it's <laughs> Catholics trying to make this into some kind of appropriation thing is very silly as far as I'm concerned. Oh, yeah. Be- we're making more like you're making it more of a deal than they were. <laughs> Catholics aren't oppressed. Christians are not oppressed not here in the large majority of the world yeah in most of the world and certainly not in the U.S. where this is done so right also these people are probably race Christian so it's not appropriating for them to no right yeah it's
1: and not worse than Heidi Klum's worm costume which I think we've all seen by this point oh
0: my gosh that worm costume has If anyone, this is not related to Catholicism, but you all should look at the worm costume. Google it if you haven't seen it yet. Yeah, it's awful. (laughs) It's horrifying. And also, I love that she's so weird. So weird. But I feel like that's much more upsetting. (laughs) It was a very visceral worm costume. And then Mm -hmm. she was wearing like a super scanty, like glitter naked bodysuit underneath i know everyone needed to like make sure they saw that because like she's still sexy under there don't worry i want to make i'm so old i don't know how to make a meme but i want to make a meme with those two pictures saying if you don't love me at my worm costume you don't deserve me at my sexy bodysuit with a worm face oh which she still had later on nice
1: i'm sure someone someone can make that for us
0: someone please make that for me someone more skilled than i i can make a podcast but i can't make a meme is what (laughs) <laughs> well, we're learning. All right. So what else is happening in the news? Oh, I think those were my two. Those are my two. Oh, there we go. Very nice. Just weird racy stuff. Just really. Yeah. A lot going. On. Yeah, there A was lot.
1: um just too much happening in the world. <laughs> and Catholics Catholic stuff wasn't popping up for me. So I didn't, unless I was seeking it out, I didn't find any.
0: There's Catholics involved in the elections, both Voting and running for office on both sides, so. There you go. News did it.
1: <laughs> okay, so, Anne, we're talking about birth control today. Yeah. You know, as I'm thinking about topics to cover, I know we covered sex education, and this is part of that. Yeah. But I kind of wanted to delve more into birth control for a few reasons. But one is, I, I mean, we kind of just, like, got to touch on it because there was so much to cover for sex ed. Yeah, for sure. And this one, I don't know, it sort of it fascinates me really and even last night we had um, my in-laws over for dinner and we started talking about our families so like my dad's the oldest of 12 his mother's one of 11 I believe and then like my mother-in-law's you know grandmother was one of 12 like, she's like oh I think she said at one point she's only one of 10 she's like it was only 10 it's like only 10 like these huge Catholic families that used to be so common they were almost a stereotype yeah and how that's Changed and why that was. I just find the whole thing fascinating.
0: For us, birth control was always a thing, but it is actually a relatively new technology, especially the birth control as it exists now. The pill, yes, the pill is the pill is new. The Catholic Church just took this unique position, and then in my head, they sort of like just stuck with it. It was just like, yeah, no, this is what we said, right? And a lot of other Christians did not say that thing. I think a lot of people, when they think Catholic, they think no birth control.
1: Because of these huge families that happened. And it was also like, I think part of the evil Catholic stigma of like immigrants in the early 1900s, Mm. right? Part of it was like, they're going to come here with all their children and zap us of our resources. Like that was part of the propaganda.
0: Which is propaganda that I would would say still exists for a lot of immigrant groups. Absolutely. So I find that
1: fascinating because that was way before the pill, right? Like the fact that Uh, Good wasps don't have big families. Yeah. Like why, what is that about is a whole other part that we're not totally going to go into today. But yeah, it's interesting that Catholics are sort of synonymous with large family.
0: Yeah, you're right. I have wondered about that before. Did you grow up with like messages about not using birth control? Yes.
1: Mm-hmm. Um, I don't remember too many overt messages. Again, we got, <laughs> I think I told, I said this before in the sex ed episode, but in high school, our sex ed class came in our theology class during our senior year, after which a couple people already had gotten pregnant.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So was like, well, you're a little late. People little bit some things out already. So we've all gone through puberty at this point. So thanks so much for your contribution. I'm about to be a
0: voting age. I maybe i right. am a voting age, but sure.
1: So I went on birth control way before I started having sex <laughs> because of like health stuff. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't a great time because it really screwed me up, frankly. But I remember feeling really ashamed of it. Mm. So I know that I somehow got the message that birth control was not something I should like say at school that I'm on birth control. Mm. Interesting. I mean, with my friends, I was like, I'm super cool. I'm on birth control. (laughs) Nowhere close to losing my virginity. But and then I think at some point I must have asked about the large family, like one of 12 kids like Why did that happen? How did that happen? And someone's saying, well, the church doesn't, I think my grandma might have said it, but it was just like, well, the church doesn't believe in birth control. And I think my instinctual reaction was like, that sucks for you. Mm -hmm. And I know that by the next generation, I mean, my father's and his 11 brothers and sisters, like no one had more than three kids. So birth control was being used one way or another. Mm -hmm. All of a sudden, that whole concept went one generation to the next. It was just not being adhered to anymore. But no one was quite talking about. Right. How about
0: you? I don't feel like I got a lot of anti birth control sentiment around me. If anything, it was one of those things that adults around me, and particularly women, sort of like rolled their eyes at, you know? Mm-hmm. Sort of like, oh, yeah, the Catholic. It's almost like the way you roll your eyes at like an older relative where you're like, oh, they're so old fashioned or whatever. It's sort of like that was the attitude toward the church. Yes. Like, oh, yeah, they don't believe in birth control. It was you know, and not uh, no actual concern for like, now our children aren't learning about birth control or their shame or just sort of like, we're just not going to talk about it. No, I guess in general, maybe adults don't talk about birth control with children. But as I got older, yeah, it felt very like not talked about, you know, my dad's mom converted to Catholicism and ended up having 12 children. Talking to my aunts and uncles, like I think part of that, she wanted a big family. She only had one sibling and she moved around a lot as a kid and was kind of lonely. And I think she liked the idea of a big family in general mm-hmm. um, and wanted that anyway. But oddly, I think the pressure was coming from like her sisters-in-law, some some of which did not have children themselves or were not married, which is just an odd thing to like not, not your business. Right. And how would they know? You would be like, oh, I'm super infertile now. Whoops. Right. Like, yes, anyone being involved in anyone else's fertility is very odd to me other than the couple involved in indeed having children yeah I've mentioned in high school we had sex ed in theology like you but earlier on we did learn about birth control methods in this little pink book and that it was like and here's why the church doesn't approve of it but they taught it to us which I think was intentional even though they're like but here's some shame around it it was like the only way Mm. they could do it right but then they got rid of that book and a bunch of people got pregnant that next year (laughs) (laughs) So a guess was working. Hmm, I wonder what <laughs> happened. Some other things I was just, as I was thinking about this there, I was at like a function. I don't, it was probably either a wedding or a funeral. I remember a family friend. This is not someone I know very well, but you know, it was just sort of family friend kind of a thing. Mm -hmm. And someone asked them like, Oh, you're, you know, your kids are so cute. You got your hands full. You think you're done. And he responded like, we're as done as a Catholic couple can be kind of thing. And I was like, Oh. Oh, like it had not occurred to me that I knew people who were not using birth control for Catholic reasons. And I was like, oh, well, I wasn't expecting that. I mean, first of all, I kind of I feel like I am both sometimes guilty of or at least talking about like, oh, yeah, I'm done with having kids or, you know, I try Mm. not to ask other people. I do feel like it's a little nosy because people could be having fertility issues or they could have had a miscarriage, all these things, or they could be pregnant right now. They don't, don't want to know. say anything, yeah. Yeah. Um, but anyway, I was like, oh. And I also have – I'm going to not say exactly who this was just for people's anonymity. It's very a lot of an- anonymity this episode. But yes. <laughs> I know of a family member in my family who had a second marriage when they were like older, like when their kids uh-huh. were, were like young adults, and had to have their daughter explain birth control to them. No. Because they're – their children had gone to public high school, and so they had health class. They had to have their teen to a young adult daughter be like, here are possible birth control methods. That sounds like a sitcom episode. That's <laughs> wild. It was like a Catholic sitcom episode. Yeah. Because where else were you we going to learn? There was no That's internet. Can't ask your right? Catholic friends.
1: Because I mean, on the one hand, like my mother was a very loud, uh, to us, feminist. like So I know birth control was like, great like that was mm-hmm. on the one hand i was getting that message from her which i was really grateful for because if your mother doesn't tell you about how these things like how do you learn? how do you learn wild. you
0: ask friends and then who knows what they're gonna say right now kids have the internet i do want to point that
1: terrifying out sometimes. that's
0: also terrifying yeah i guess you know the other way we were figuring things out is you could go to the library or you could go to like borders and like mm-hmm. open some books that's true <laughs> Seventeen Magazine. Did they tell you about birth control? They should have been telling people about birth control.
1: Okay. Mostly what I remember is the amount of young women who had periods in white pants. That was the main topic of conversation, I believe, in the magazine. I
0: have since read something (laughs) that says those were mostly fabricated stories, but they were terrifying. It was just like every
1: month there was a new person telling that story. But then I do believe there there was some birth control stuff. I don't think mm. they were as progressive as like Teen Vogue is now, but. Sure. Yes. there There's some some stuff in there. Because I don't know. What else? You, I didn't go to a Planned Parenthood until I was in, in college. I didn't even know. I don't think I knew where one was to go. Because I did have my mom take me to a doctor to get my, the birth control I needed. Mm-hmm. Gratefully. So yeah, I don't. Uh, where else were you going to go? <laughs> Before you could Google where's the Planned Parenthood or any of that. Right. Condoms in different colors. That's about it. That's what you could get. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So it was very hard to stop researching this topic because there are so many offshoots to go into, one of which was the history of contraception, which I started going down that rabbit hole for a little bit. Yeah. Because I found this timeline from a diocese. It was like, timeline, the church and contraception. And the first one was AD 94. <gasps> The didacty or teaching of the 12 apostles condemns contraception, which had been in use for more than 1,000 years. So I was like,
0: What are you doing? What was that? That's very interesting because I knew that historically, I mean, historically, people who could get pregnant have always tried to not get pregnant and also have always tried to end pregnancies. I mean, that just historically for very it's, obvious reasons. Yes. I know that. But in my head, the Catholic Church really hadn't gotten involved to like the pill was a thing right
1: so it's funny because there's like 80 94 8400 saint augustine's like contraception's bad oh, augustine such a weirdo Twelve fifteen, a thomas aquinas says it's bad and i'm like i don't think either of you had children so shut it um
0: augustine wasn't he the one who was like obsessed with sex and i believe so right yeah he was the he was really weird really needed some therapy
1: yeah i mean this the quote from him is Intercourse takes place in an unlawful and shameful manner whenever the conception of offspring is avoided. So he just had a lot of, there's a lot to unpack in there. Yeah. But then the next thing is 1215. Thomas Aquinas also was like, no, you, no contraception. And then the next thing in this timeline isn't until 1924. So there's
0: nothing going on between those two things.
1: Well, that and that's why you're, you know, that impression of like the Catholic Church just isn't involved in that choice. I think part of it was people not talking about it. Yeah. It's like just like, well, we're not talking about it. So we can't condemn things that no one's discussing, I think, is probably a large part of it.
0: And that happens in private. Yeah.
1: But it wasn't until, I, I mean, it sort of coincides with women's rights uh, happening mm-hmm. is when the voices get louder. I bet. Because the church just uh-huh. loves women's
0: rights, clearly. They I mean, look at the leadership.
1: They do. And I had to look this up as well, going back to like the early stuff. Because I was like, is it in the Bible? Like, is stuff about contraception in the Bible. And so, well, okay, so fertility is, like, crazy in the Bible. There's so much about sure. be fertile. Like, you have a choice about that. Um,
0: <laughs> oh, okay, thank you. Yeah.
1: In my research, you couldn't look at it. There's just, like, a ton of quotes, most of them from the Old Testament. Okay. There's a couple from Matthew about contraception that Matthew says contraception prevents God's ability to join together. And basically you're like kicking God out of your marriage if you use contraception. Weird. But what my favorite thing, when they talk about... <laughs> sorry, I'm such a 13 year old. <laughs> when they're talking about a lot of contraception in in the Old Testament, do you know how they refer to people trying to avoid getting pregnant? What no. they uh, What method they're using? No. Deuteronomy 23, 1 and... Okay. Whoever has... Crushed testicles, or is castrated, cannot enter the assembly. There's a lot about crushed testicles.
0: Is that about
1: like eunuchs? Castration, like castrati, I think. But crushed tech i don't know. Like it doesn't sound like surgical. Crushed. It sounds crushed is not
0: cut off. Crushed, crushed testicles. I wonder what the translation <laughs> is. That know. accurate? An accurate translation? What? Oh,
1: um, yeah. I want to know, yeah, what was the original uh, Arabic or Greek, like what was happening there?
0: And why aren't all middle schoolers looking up that part of the Bible? That should be a well-known verse because you'd think it'd be very popular in Christian schools and Sunday school.
1: Everyone's like, these are testicles. Yeah. Yeah. so that's the stuff that was in the bible so yeah it while it says be fruitful and multiply but there's nothing that explicitly prohibits contraception like it's not great but it's not like thou shalt not use birth control is not a thing in the bible per se so everything that we know about the church's reaction to birth control is pretty much doctrine made up by the men's
0: in charge by men not having sex theoretically right yeah yeah so
1: you're right though everyone sort of turns a blind eye until the
0: pill which changed everything (laughs) i mean it did in a lot of ways
1: Right. For every, for a lot of people, I mean, it was freedom. It was, I could have read about the pill history forever. It was fascinating. But yeah, so 1960, it's available for the first time first in the UK before it's available here. And there's just some really interesting ways before the church gets involved. So in 1964, part of the issue that happened, do you know what LBJ did? I don't know if you knew about this. I don't think so. His, like, war on poverty, part of it was, like, making sure everyone has access to birth control. Okay. And so on the one hand, that sounds really good. Mm -hmm. That people have the ability to determine the size of their families so they can afford what they want to for the children that they have. Right. Or lack of children. But the other side is, because it was the 60s, there's also these voices saying, oh, this is him trying to keep the... Black population small in America, yeah. Which I I'm not saying. I'm sure there is. A l- I mean, there is a lot of merit in that sentiment, right? Um, because they are synonymous with most poor neighborhoods, um, especially in the 60s, like in terms of like Jim Crow being put in sections of town that are historically impoverished. Mm-hmm. So if that's where you're sending the birth control, it just so happens that that there's quite the overlap. So there was this like pushback against birth control because it felt like a
0: state thing got involved Mm -hmm. well in fertility and race like there's a long ugly history there in the u.s right and, and with colonialism in terms of so many of the freedoms that white women have fought for are freedoms that not to get into lots of stuff but like bell hooks sort of wrote a lot about that. About how, They weren't for all women. Yeah, they weren't for all women. And in fact, sometimes black women were trying just the opposite. Like black women are like, I would like to be able to afford a family as right. big as I want versus like, it's all very complicated and uh, a lot of structural inequity. It's very complicated. And that's not what we're getting into
1: exactly in this podcast. So I'm just sure. like skipping over it, but noting that it's there. Um. So 1965 to 68 is like when things just, Start getting complicated. So, in a 1965 survey, we found that more than half of Catholic women were using some form of forbidden contraceptive method. Mm. But at that time, they also polled Catholics and it said 61% of Catholics thought the church would approve of birth control. They'd been on the market for years. And it hadn't been banned yet. Like the Pope just hadn't said anything. So like, well, I guess if he's not going to say anything. That's interesting.
0: And also it reminds me of, I mean, I know when we had Kay on last season, this idea that a lot of people thought and a lot of women thought women's ordination was also like on the horizon. Mm -hmm. When you see so many things changing in the culture with feminism and the Vatican II happens and then so you see some change happening in the Catholic Church, you're like, oh, well, then it's only a matter of time, like any day now, right? Right like, I can totally understand that
1: Right So then they go to study it for years Or whatever they do in the Vatican Before they issue a decision
0: Sit in a dark room wearing robes And God, no sweat
1: And then there was the very famous Pope Paul's *Humane Vitae Right Which solidified the ban On artificial contraception methods For Catholic spouses It's a wild document <laughs>
0: Wilder I, than the uh, the catechism that sounds like Doctor the Doctor no, Browner's model. Nothing <laughs> will ever beat that. Ever. 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 Nothing will beat that.
1: But it's just fascinating. So this thing comes out, and I got to go into some of the things he said in a, in a second here. But immediately there was like a protest at Catholic University in D.C. It's a 2,000 demonstrators, most of them priests and nuns, gathered to voice their dissent. Oh. Wow. Yeah. So as somebody, this guy, Massa, who wrote The American Catholic Revolution, How the 60s Changed the Church Forever, which is kind of a book I want to read. Oh, that sounds interesting. He says, um, when people see what they regard as a bad law, it breeds contempt for good law. And I think that's exactly what happened with Humanae Vitae. People started to say, well, maybe the church's position on the whole realm of other things was equally mistaken. What else did the church get wrong?
0: I mean, I would argue that it's not wrong that the church has gotten a lot of stuff wrong.
1: <laughs> right. But it's weird. Like, for so long, people were like, oh, well, I guess the church said it, so we have to do it. Yeah. And then this is the thing, apparently,
0: that made mm-hmm. everyone
1: go, okay, church, sure. Like, they're taking it more as a suggestion than a rule. Yeah. Like, I hear what you're saying, and I'm going to make my own choice. Right. And this feels like the first time most Catholics start. Feeling that way. Yeah. I don't know. I think you could argue that probably why people stop being Catholic is this.
0: (laughs) Yeah. I mean, that makes sense. And it makes sense for sort of what was happening in the culture in general. Right.
1: Mm -hmm. There's like a huge break sociologically. And this is mostly in America. There was a cool paper that I did not have time to finish I have it in my sources here. I one day I will read the whole thing, but it's a study of like Catholic nations, mostly Catholic nations. So it's Brazil, Poland, Rwanda, Ireland, and oh. the and somewhere else. And it's like how it's did Rwanda
0: Catholic nation mostly Catholic.
1: Oh, I had no idea. I don't know about mostly, but like there's a lot of Catholic a large ca- catholic population? Yeah, I did not know. So in Ireland, the way they got around it because of the Catholics in charge there, mm-hmm. they would prescribe the pill as a therapeutic drug to regulate the menstrual cycle. Um, yeah. It was never prescribed as birth control. Got it. It was therapeutic. So again, like people will always find a way. Right. To do this. So the humane Vitae. <laughs> okay. Mm-hmm. So one of the things it talks about a lot. So do you know the one
0: method of contraception that's allowed it's the isn't it nft or something yeah the rhythm method
1: yeah so for those who don't know it's uh assuming that all women have the same exact cycle which no
0: is it now though i feel like the current version is more has to do with like taking your temperature and all those things like kind of what what people do when they're trying to get pregnant it's like tracking your fertility which is what i did yeah
1: um, I think there's more. You can take your temperature and stuff like that now. But this is again when this is ha- coming out this is the '60s. This is the '60s, right? Um, well, first the '30s, and then the yeah. yeah. They're like God gave you birth control by only letting you get pregnant at certain times of the month. Is really hmm. the message? It's God's birth control. He's so nice super nice this birth control nature's birth control yet again since a thousand years uh bce at least by the though we also know like aristotle used birth control um people have also needed another method Mm -hmm. so not sure that god covered that one
0: (laughs) not super
1: effective it's like
0: you know right
1: so it's all like yeah you've got the rhythm method what else do you need And just talking about, again, how if you have birth control, you're cutting God
0: out of the marriage. It's so weird to think of. It's kind of like, you know, like at a school dance where, like, you want to leave room for the Holy Spirit or whatever. That's what it feels like. Yes. a Married couples intimacy involves God, too. It's really weird. Which is like,
1: so on the one hand, I know in my head that marriage is one of the seven sacraments, Mm -hmm. right? You get married, you're supposed to get married in a church, blah, blah, blah. But I don't think I ever fully accepted how much like the sacramental part of marriage. Like I don't I'm like, we well, have a wedding and it right. happens to be in a church. It's like getting blessed in the church and then you move on. Right. To really think of it as a sacrament mm. where you're stepping closer. Like it is you're like, and I'm marrying God
0: too kind of thing.
1: Just like, like he's enough. part of this. I'm strengthening my bond to God by getting married.
0: No, you're right. I haven't thought about it either that way. Like confession or something. Like it's it's a thing. Yeah. I'm like, oh, that's a
1: total reframing that yeah. was not discussed <laughs> um, when we learned the seven sacraments at CCD. I just had to you know, filled in seven blanks. And that's about it Mm -hmm. for my test. So that's the large part of why contraception, you're just, you're being mean to God. Like he's not allowed in your bed and he's pouty about it. That's kind of how it feels. (laughs) But there's also things in here that I find fascinating that he touched on. So on the one hand, he warns that if we start allowing birth control, that states could use it to sterilize mm. women, which is a thing that has happened, and that it's not for a state to decide who can and can't get pregnant. That's a big part of this doctrine.
0: But the myth that, right, sterilization by the state has absolutely happened, and eugenics is real. But I see this happening now with the Catholic Church in Birth Control, and I hear it here, of, like, mm-hmm. taking their own kind of – I mean, this is what the, the anti-abortion movement does, too, right? They take their – this sort of false dichotomy and like, oh, you can't have mm-hmm. birth control because what if it's used to sterilize, which like it, the pill was less safe back then because they were using like crazy mm-hmm. amounts of the hormones um, and it's still not safe for women. And so, yeah, that is true. But like the opposite being like, like pregnancy is also super unsafe for Dangerous. women yeah. and abortion and birth control do not cause infertility mm-hmm. scientifically. And I feel like that is even happening now. Now it's like, well, the natural family pl- – because birth control is so awful for women. Like, the side effects are so awful. It's like, yes, that's true. That's why we should be looking at, like, male birth control, you know, versus men. But those men don't want to deal with the side effects that women are forced to deal with. I believe when I was
1: reading about the male pill, they didn't put it on the market because it caused mild
0: depression. And Oh, no, poor babies. <laughs>
1: I think I flipped a table over, at least in my mind, because it was like the pill gave me suicidal tendencies. So and like wrecked, I mean, just like wrecked me. It made you mildly sad. Oh, are oh. your poor little feelings <laughs> just? whoo. I was like, I got calm. I got walk this one off because I was, I was all riled for that. I was like, oh, you poor baby man.
0: Yeah. But then the Catholic Church trying to set it up is like, oh, no, actually we care so much about women that we just don't want them on birth control. So talking about the quote unquote, we care so much about
1: women. I got to read you a quote from the Humane Vitae. Okay. And just to, I want to hear your reaction to it. Okay. Another effect that gives cause for alarm is that a man who grows accustomed to the use of contraceptive methods may forget the reverence due to a woman and disregarding her physical and emotional equilibrium, reduce her to being a mere instrument for the satisfaction of his own desires, no longer considering her as his partner whom he should surround with care and affection.
0: Thoughts. So if a woman doesn't use birth control, she is just asking to be objectified. Yes. It's like he's trying – there's so much of he's like, well, let me just talk about how great women are and then – Oh, my God. I'm actually trying to help you, women. Would you just let me, like, help you? Like, it's actually for your own good and you just don't even know.
1: There's a lot about, like, well, you just – you want to have consensual sex and the and contraceptive sex is consensual. Is kind of the – uh line being drawn here
0: that if you're having sex with contraceptive it's not consensual
1: sorry not contraceptive so like yeah uh men observe that a conjugal act imposed on one's partner without regard to his or her personal wishes in the matter is no true act of love blah 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 like so basically if you use contraception you're more likely to m- get raped
0: i should be surprised but this like these continue to be the messages right this c- like mm-hmm. men have zero accountability. They're just basically somehow men are greater than women and are the only ones fit for the priesthood. But on the other hand, they're basically just like animals who cannot control themselves. And so you have to threaten them that they're going to have offspring and somehow that'll make them less like it's funny because we do you remember we had someone write in with something about this that they it, they were at some Catholic event and heard someone ask this like If somebody uses birth control, isn't it more of a concern that their husband will rape them? Yeah. And I thought that that was just someone making a crazy leap. But no, it's in – she had read that. She read that in this document that I'm now realizing that's exactly what happened. It's from the Pope. This is horrifying.
1: It's fascinating because the language – it working so hard to be like, we care about women. Mm Mm-hmm. But
0: it's all because we can- men can't control themselves. I think this is how oppression works. There's so much of this thing of like, oh, no, it's actually because we care about you, right? With women, with people of color, yeah. with queer people, it's this thing of like, oh, we just we actually really care about you. Instead of we're having people stop oppressing you, we're just going to tell you to change your behavior so that you don't you were not treated violently or you're not oppressed, right? Mm -hmm. With no thought of like, or you could just change the culture or the men could not be rapists.
1: Or hold the people accountable doing the violence. Uh Uh-huh. The doers of the violence. So everyone basically was like, "Uh, okay, church, great. We're going to do, and all of a sudden, yeah, like uh, people stopped having 12 kids in their families. So I wonder who they were listening to.
0: Not this. This also, to me, I just um, listened to an interview with, oh, what's his name? Um, who played Michael Scott and was all in 40-Year-Old Virgin. Why am I not? Steve Carell? Steve Carell, thank you. So they were talking about, <laughs> this is giving do? me like 40-Year-Old Virgin vibes, which apparently was a sketch oh. that he did at Second City that was like a guy trying to... BS his way talking about sex at a poker game like that poker scene was sort of like the the mm. sketch that brought the movie right BS his way through talking about sex with these other guys when he has never had sex before that's what this is giving God. me vibes of like I am yes. going to tell you all about conjugal relationships because I like clearly he doesn't know but he has to act like he's a pope and he knows everything right so then he's like talking yeah. about sex in this way he's like and when the stars fall from the sky and you're like that's not what happens during what? sex like <laughs> never someone trying to tell other people what to do about a thing that they have never personally done so they it then it just gets weirder and weirder like this there's also little vibes of that as well
1: right <laughs> yeah i'm like i i totally i know i
0: know i'll tell you Guys, about.
1: i'm cool <laughs> so okay i know we can't get into everything here but this like for me brought up two big questions which was a: what about people who are infertile? Mhm. And B: what about the castrati? So, the castrati were young boys who their sexual reproductivity was taken away from them mm-hmm. so that the church could have better music. Yeah, when did this happen? I mean, I started going into it, but it it that's a, again a whole other thing, but that's there were castrati in the Sistine Chapel when it was oh, like opened. Um it's they've been around there's a long, long history. There's a couple very Catholic websites that are like, the church didn't make people become castrati. I'm like, but they were there. And they, yes, they did. That's horrifying. So you, they took away some people's ability to procreate for art and for pleasure of other people. And then these castrati often became sexual favorites of high ranking people in the mm. church. I mean, the history of castrave is fascinating and horrifying.
0: But the church is opposed to people being trans of their own volition. Oh, well, that's exactly another thing I was trying to get into.
1: Because it's like, they're allowed to mutilate young boys. Children. But if somebody decides God, you know, if you believe it, like God made me one way inside and it's not matching my outside and you're not allowed to become that person. Like that doesn't make any mm. sense to to me, I have not found any place where they've tried to reconcile those two two things. Because it is a, if you take away somebody's ability to have sex or to hire to procreate, then isn't that birth control of a of a sense? Mm. I mean, they they outlaw vasectomy. Vasectomy is birth control. You're not allowed to have. Yeah. So I really would like an answer, Francis. If you could get back to me on that one, it's
0: just one of those things they sweep under the rug, just like every other awful thing. No, not talked about. they just like,
1: maybe it didn't happen the way you think it happened is kind of...
0: I've heard LGBTQ affirming Christians like talk about like eunuchs in the Bible as sort of like a a version of trans or Mm non-gender, you know, people not conforming to the gender binary being still like blessed and loved by God and blessed by Jesus and all those things. So I feel like those are people actually talking about but not the Castrati thing. I kind of forgot that was a thing and that's horrifying to think about. Yes. So again, I think we could have a
1: whole episode on on that because it's a, there's a lot of history there, especially with the church. And the church and art, the whole thing is wild to go down. Yeah. So infertility, which I find cause I'm like so if you're if you kick god out of your marriage, if you use birth control, can you have a catholic marriage and be infertile what do you think
0: so i feel like this has come up i don't remember which episode maybe the abortion maybe um sex ed i thought something about if you're infertile you can have a marriage but if a man is impotent and cannot physically have penetrative sex he cannot get married you're so good at remembering things i think it horrified me enough that it stayed in my brain
1: i forgot about it which is not surprising because my brain isn't
0: working lately you're running on like two hours sleep and a lot of coffee so (laughs) sleep deprived
1: but yeah if you're impotent you can't you shouldn't be able to get married but if you're infertile you can (sighs) which again if you're gonna say a thing i think you should need to go like like why yeah why but i guess that they're basically saying it's god again doing god's thing providing natural birth control but then isn't that true for impotence
0: If you're infertile, maybe they're like, well, maybe. But also, like, if you literally don't have a uterus, then there is no, well, maybe. Well, maybe I'll get pregnant. Like, that doesn't happen. Right. So
1: I I think they just didn't want to scare everybody away from church.
0: I also feel like maybe infertility is something that would be more public. Like, if you've had a hysterectomy, for instance, like, people would know, Right. Impotence is something you can hide from everyone but your partner. So I guess you just.
1: It has to be consummated. That's the thing. Like, that's the reason. It's not that you can't have kids. You have to. So
0: weird. Other people being involved in anyone else's sex life. It's not a marriage unless you consummate it very strange how we've like <laughs> spiritualized sex like this was obviously it really had to do with like parentage right and like owning a woman and being the only person who's had sex with her and knowing that her children are mm-hmm. your children so they're like well let's build a theology that has to do with why God says it's the sacrament and blah 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 mm-hmm. that's what I'm assuming it always feels like the
1: quiver full movement oh yeah Having all the babies to make your little Jesus army to make right. your faith the most powerful faith so that you can rule the land. I mean, it all comes back to, I guess, power, land, and money. But everything does, right? Everything does. And sex. Yeah, and it's always sex. So come to today, Francis has tried a more tolerant approach as much as he can.
0: In a very Francis. He did the Francis thing where he's like, let's be pastoral, blah, blah, blah. Is that what he did? <laughs> He
1: basically put out this document for priests be like, hey, this is how we should talk to married people and about love and family now. It's a really, really long document, so I could not finish it. I word-searched it or whatever for the word contraception. It appears once in the whole document. Oh, my goodness. Oh, dear. It doesn't really say much about it. But basically, the, the vibe is... Could you all be nicer to people who have difficult circumstances is the general message. Like, hey, some people are poor or in abusive relationships. So don't preach to them that they have to have more children. Yeah. Um, Or just like be nicer.
0: But he did say the thing about remember his thing, his old man rant about how uh, people have dogs and they treat them like they're kids and they need to be having kids. Yes. (laughs) Which is such a like, oh, grandpa had one too many beers and now he's ranting and raving about something he
1: said this one thing that I was like I, I like that um each country or region moreover can seek solutions better suited to its culture and sensitive to its traditions and local needs which is the first time I think I've heard of any pope being like some people have different cultures than us and things are different other places so it is a global church so that was a step? It's one sentence, but I mm. I was into that one moment. But of course, even this, what we are considering a very small step here with this paper, the conservative Catholic movement was like, you said what? And now they're the conservative people are like, no, we have to double down on the no birth control thing. So That's why
0: we can't have progress because even things that aren't really progressive are just beaten down with like the largest hammer.
1: Yeah. So that's (laughs) your tiny church and contraception uh, movement in a nutshell. Oh, man. Well, that is interesting. Yes. So again, if anyone else has any uh, stories about how they were talked to about birth control, please, oh, please.
0: You know, my sense just from social media and things is like there are Catholic women tying themselves up in knots, trying to live by what they believe is like the correct way to live, which is not using birth control and it affects their bodies. It affects their Mm -hmm. ability to be a good parent. It affects their marriage when you can't have sex at a certain time of the month. And then maybe you feel obligated the rest of the month. And it sounds awful. And I, I think it can be frustrating because you're like, well, those women have access to all the same information I do. Like it's not, but at the same time, I do feel bad for people who have gotten stuck in that. Belief system that sounds awful,
1: especially in in those countries where it's tied up into in your state as well. Like mm-hmm. it's it's hard to navigate being a woman in the world anyway. Let alone having in general, so all of
0: them. Yes, I yeah agreed. Oh man, well thanks, thanks, Steph. Thanks for that little history lesson. I had no idea it stretched back so far.
1: I know. I highly recommend everyone spending a good afternoon just delving into the history of things people used for contraception, because that is fascinating.
0: <laughs> I bet. I bet. Uh-huh. Do you have any, like, pop culture recommendations for people? I know we, we've added that.
1: So while I'm nursing in the middle of the night, I've been listening to audiobooks, especially, right. like, things I've already listened to so I can fall asleep during them or read. So I just finished The Golden Compass by Philip Pullman and there's so much the magisterium and like catholicy things about original sin in there that i've forgotten about but now that we're doing Ew. this podcast it like it was a whole new lens for me so yeah. i recommend reading the golden compass or listening okay. to it it's a pretty entertaining audiobook
0: i've never read it so maybe i will i need some new audiobooks oh it's you i think would love it i thank you i will okay how about you just something very quick. It's just a clip I actually saw today. Marcus Mumford was on Jimmy Fallon, formerly of Mumford and Sons. Now he mm-hmm. has a new solo album. They show Eclipse. I guess he met the Pope recently. I'm not clear if he's Catholic or not. I don't know why he met the Pope. He was invited to the Vatican and met the Pope. Not sure why. But there's a video. Where he got to physically meet him and like shake his hand and wow. everything. And the pope said, "Will you pray for me?" And um, he said, "Yes." And so what he did, and this is what makes me think maybe he's not Catholic, but I should have looked into this, um, is he like put his hand on his shoulder to pray for him right then, which I don't feel like Catholics do. I feel like normally Catholics are like, "I will people. pray for you." We go, yeah. No, I had, a I remember having a weird interaction with some like um, evangelicals trying to like convert people on a L train, yes. like, one time in Chicago, and someone was like is there anyone you want to pray for and I was like oh yeah my grandmother's not doing well sure you can pray for her and she was like okay do you want to pray right now and I was like no No. like no we don't do that yeah I thought you were gonna go take my prayer and go bring it somewhere I'm not doing that with you weird anyway so Marcus Mumford went and put his hand on the Pope's shoulder and prayed for him (gasps) him right then and the Pope like stood sat there in his wheelchair and then looked at his watch looked at his watch (laughs) How long are you gonna be, Marcus? And he later said his friend told him after that that's what had happened. His eyes were closed; he didn't see that. And then there there was video, and they showed the video, and it was very funny. And so you can look up the clip. It's oh, that's fast. Know, that's yeah. fabulous. So it's funny a little clip if anyone wants to watch. No laying on of hands in the Catholic Church. No, we're not that intense. Right then and there, no. no. We we take our prayers to mass or whatever. Yeah, <laughs> great. We'll pass that basket. Here's something I recommend. Look up who the indigenous, uh, what indigenous groups live around you or uh, or are traditional owners of the land you live on. And then go see if you can donate to um, some organization having to do with there that nation. Special collection this week. I like it. And also with you, Steph. Also with you, Anne.